breaking through The dark and I will not overtake me I am pressing into you Lord, you find my every battle And I will not fear I am not alone I am not alone You will go before me You will never Jesus. 
Jesus' name, I pray for revival, inspiration of faith. I pray for the dead will come to life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's do the chorus one more time. I pray for your healing. The circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside you, Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. time. Good morning. Thank you. It's good to be in the house of the living God this morning. Can I get an amen? If you guys have your Bibles, go with me to the second book in the Old Testament, Genesis and then Exodus, and find your place in Exodus chapter 12, verse 29 through 42. Now, before I have you to stand and read, let me say a few things prior to our reading here. First of all, today we're going to be looking at some comparisons. Everybody say comparisons. We're going to compare some verses from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the New Testament to eternity. Sound good? But before I read our text this morning, I would like for you to put this little thought in the back of your mind, perhaps you can even put yourself in the place of these people that we're going to be reading about because you're going to have to understand today that these people in our story have left everything they have ever known behind. That means they have to leave their homes, their cities, their old life, their jobs, some friends, and maybe even some family members. But always remember that when God calls you to do something, it may seem impossible. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. Because our Bible says that all things are possible with God. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, it's going to take a little faith to do what God calls you to do in this thing called life. Can I get an amen? And we know the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Can I get an amen? The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, so we walk by faith, not by sight. Some translations say we live by faith and not by sight, which is also true. Can I get an amen? So the key right here is found in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. The Apostle Paul says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Can I get an amen? And so let's all stand this morning for the reading of our scriptures. Hopefully this will be a familiar text to you. If it's not, then Please uh, pay careful attention to the details of this story. It's very, has a lot of details. I want you to watch it and listen and focus. You got your place this morning, Exodus chapter 12, verse 29 through 42. If you got your place, say amen. We're going to get lead in just a moment. The Bible says at midnight... The Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner. Everybody say, the Lord is no respecter of persons. 
from the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. And during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up! Leave my people, you and the Israelites, go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go and also bless me. Isn't that interesting? Don't leave before you send me a blessing. Hallelujah. Even the devil wants to be blessed. Verse 33, the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added, and they carried it on their shoulders in their kneading troughs and wrapped it in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. And the Lord had made the Egyptians favorable, disposed toward the people. And they gave them what they asked for, so they plunged the Egyptians, or they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. There was about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and, and also besides children. So we're looking at close to a million people that left that day. I lost my place. <laughs> ah. The Bible says the Israelites' journey from Ramsey to Sukkoth, there was about 600,000 men on foot besides women, and many other people went up with them. Everybody said they went up with them. And also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. And with the dough the Israelites had brought from Egypt, they baked loaves of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now, the length of time the Israelites' people lived in Egypt was about 430 years. And at the end of 430 years to the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt on this night, he says, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. Let us pray. Oh God, we quieten our hearts before you. Even now as I speak, my heart is racing. The power of the Holy Spirit is falling fresh upon my mind, my heart but let it fall on these lips of clay that I may speak today the things that you have laid upon my heart. Let our God be truth, but let man be a liar today. We trust this story. We believe in this story. We believe in the word of God. Father, there's nothing in you that's false. Everything about you is truth. Your word is truth. Now, Lord, we just ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. You are my God whom I trust. And surely you shall deliver us today from the hand of the fowler. Now, Lord, send forth your word in the mighty name of Christ our Savior. Savior heal and deliver and set us free by the power of the living word. God's word, and we praise you now in Jesus' name. God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Now, first thing, this is really not part of my sermon, but I thought I might bring this up, and that is this thing that is referred to at the end of our story called the vigil. Now, as long as I've been preaching and pastoring and as, as an evangelist, I went into many churches. But never in my ministry have I seen a church practice this thing called vigil. The word vigil means is, is the time that you normally would be sleeping, but rather 
you would stay up and watch and pray. Everybody say watch and pray. Now, this is interesting because a vigil would be like, say, you know, I, I stand up here and say, you know, tonight, let's just meet up here at midnight and let's pray from midnight to 2 o'clock and let's watch and pray. Well, I feel like if I did that, it would be a great idea, but I feel like I'd be all alone. Because I know that we have jobs to get up, but I guarantee you if we did what God would call us to do, we would be blessed. You may be yawning at work, but you'll be blessed at work. Can I get an amen? But Jesus tells us in Matthew 26 and 41, he says, watch and pray. Everybody say, watch and pray. So that you will not fall in the temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And because it's weak, he tells us that we should basically be practicing vigil. You don't have to be in church to practice vigil. You can get up on your own time at night. So, you know, I can't sleep anyway. Some of y'all have trouble sleeping. Just get up and watch and pray and see if God don't get you sleepy. Can I get an amen? I want to start out this morning with the title of our sermon. You're going to notice that it probably does not go exactly with our text, but we will get there. The sermon is entitled, No Eye Has Seen What God Has Prepared for Those Who Love Him. No eye has seen what God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, can you imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him? Now, I'm going to take you guys back to 1956, way before I was born. But back in 1956, there was a, a movie that came out that, that almost every one of us has seen at least once, except Alejandro. He hadn't seen any movies that I've seen. <laughs> but this movie came out in 1956, and it was called The Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille. Y'all remember that? Y'all seen that movie? It's a great movie, hallelujah. And so I want you to think about this movie that we have seen called The Ten Commandments starring Charleston Heston playing Moses. Should have brought my staff this morning. It's in my car. But Moses, you know, was a great man of God. He was basically the forerunner of the Old Testament, if you would. But I want to say this, that you can read the story of the Exodus and you can watch the movie and you will find that really the movie is not exactly like the story. Now, I'm not going to say it's not a good story. It's a great movie, and we all need to watch it. But let me, I would like to bring up just a couple things. I can't cover all the things, but I would like to couple, co cover a couple things that they, they got off track because I, I want you to see the clarity of the Scriptures. And the reason being is because the Bible teaches us that it's the truth that sets you free. Not what someone's made up, not what someone has added to the scriptures, but it's the truth. And so I want to look at the truth of this story. I want you to see the clarity of what God really did. Number one, first of all, you have to understand that Moses was never driven out by the Egyptians to leave Egypt. Y'all remember this movie, he they brought him out with the staff on his shoulders. He was chained up, and they gave him a, a skin of water, about two days ration, and they're all standing there watching. But, but, but rather what the Bible teaches us is this, that Moses had taken the life of an Egyptian, and he took that body, and he buried it in the sand. And when it was found out, we find that Pharaoh was out to kill Moses. And so Moses became a criminal. Moses became a fugitive, and we find him escaping for his life. The Bible says in Exodus 2 and 15, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Are you with me so far? 
Now, I'm not going to talk about Jethro, but Jethro was his father-in-law, and he was the priest of Midian. Now, the movie shows him out to be this great man of God, but in reality, Midian was a land of idolatry, and he was the priest of I. Are you with me so far? And secondly, in the movie, we find in the story that, that everybody left Egypt during the bright, sunny day. Everybody's celebrating. They got their palm branches. They're going out. They're leaving. But in reality, the Bible teaches us that they escaped in the darkest part of the night, right after midnight. And they're leaving, they're in a hurry, they're trying to get out of town. Are you with me? But God gave us some grace to, to plunder the people, to go get some gold and silver and some clothing. And we, so you can imagine now they're leaving in pitch dark in the middle of nowhere, out leaving Egypt into the desert. Can't hardly see your hand in front of your face. And you can hear the wailing behind them. I'm drawing a picture here with my words. They're, they're, healing, they're hearing the, the wailing and the crying and the weeping because everybody in every house has someone that was dead. And they were all being left behind. Are you with me so far? And so I was thinking about these two things. First of all, let's read verse 31 of our text. It says, during the night, everybody say during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up and leave. My people, you and Israelites, go worship the Lord as you have requested. So clearly they were leaving at nighttime. But the two things that we looked at of the story is something that God has really brought to my attention this week because they are a reminder to us all of something very important. First of all, the first thing that's important is something that has already taken place. Secondly, what's important, that we're, something that will take place. In other words, we're going to look at something that took place and something that will take place. And when I say will take place, this is going to come very soon. It could come in our lifetime. It could come even tonight as we're laying there in bed. And so first of all, what has already taken place, we find that Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus, like Moses, was associated with the criminals of his day. The Bible says this about Moses. Moses tells us this. Deuteronomy 18 and 15. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own brothers, and you must Listen to him. That's good advice. Moses is telling us that when the Christ comes, the Messiah, our job is to what? Listen to him. If you do anything in life, take time to listen to what Jesus Christ has taught us in his word. Can I get an amen? And secondly, I want you to see something that will take place. Let me read this first. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited here. Luke 23 and 32 and 33, we, we read this. The Bible says, Two men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And now secondly... We see this prophetic picture of something that will soon take place. This is what the Bible calls the taking away. We as Christians, we refer to as the rapture. Now, people don't like the word rapture because it's actually not written in the Bible, but we know the rapture's coming. Can I get an amen? In fact, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, for the Lord himself, himself, everybody said Jesus is coming. The Lord himself is coming down from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up. We who are still alive to meet up the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. 
In other words, just like Moses, Jesus is going to lead his people out, out of slavery. Some of you are slaves to sin. He's going to lead us out of pain. Some of you are living in a life of pain. He's going to lead us out of this world of suffering and crying and weeping and mourning. He's going to lead us to a new place. And you and I who are born again by the power of the living God, we are going to be caught up with him to meet him in the clouds. And so shall we be forever with the Lord. Amen. And we find in our story something we can't overlook. That Moses led the people of Israel out. But at the same time, there was many people who were left behind. And the people that were left behind were the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians is a great picture of the world today. And while you and I, the children of God, the church, while we are raptured out, the world will be wailing. They will be crying. They will be gnashing of teeth here on this earth. We're going with Jesus and the world is left behind. And so I believe with all my heart that Jesus is not going to come during a bright sunny day. But I want to show you seven scriptures that may help you get hold of this revelation. But I believe that Jesus Christ will come in the middle of the night. Luke 17, can I share seven scriptures with you? Number one, Luke 17 and 34, the Bible says, Jesus said, I tell you, on that night. Everybody say, on that night. On that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. That's when the husband's saying, baby, honey, oh, you went to the restroom. I was, are you in there? And she's gone. She's been trying to get him in church. She's been trying to get him saved. Uh, but he wouldn't have it, and so he's left behind. Are you with me so far? Number two and three, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Now, brothers, Paul says, now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the hallelujah. Number four and five is found in Mark 13, verse 26 and 27. Jesus said, at that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. Now, now when the Bible says God's elect, that's talking about the children of the living God, those who have been bought and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. If you today or covered like the doorpost in Egypt today. If you're covered in the blood, I can promise you right now that you will be taken out of here. But when the deaf angel comes and he passes your house because there ain't no blood, you will be left for seven years of trials and tribulation like no man has ever seen on this earth. Now, I remember one part of the Bible, it talks about in Revelation, there's going to be hailstones that will fall upon this earth that will weigh over a hundred pounds. You know, people walk around with a, a, a hailstone about the size of a, a softball. This came through my roof. That's not even but 10 ounces. I'm talking about a hundred pounds. It'd be like throwing two bags of chicken feed down from heaven on you. Come on, amen. Where was I? Luke 12 and 40, this is number 6. Jesus said, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So anytime people say that Jesus is coming tonight, you can forget it because they're expecting it. But he's going to come when you're not expecting it. In other words, don't go to bed angry. Don't go, down, don't go to bed while the sun is still up. Go to bed with forgiveness in your heart. Hope you're listening to me. Find in Revelation 16 and 15. John says, look. Jesus said, I come like a thief. 
And blessed are the one who stays awake. There's your vigil. And keeps his clothes with him so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Now, this is interesting. Because we, we know the parable of the wedding banquet, how someone showed up with the wrong clothes on. Come on, amen. How'd you get in here without wedding clothes? Now, now what this is all talking about, that when Christ comes, he's looking for those who are dressed not in the world. But, but he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that is clothed in his own righteousness. Are you with me so far? The Apostle Paul said in Romans 13 and 14, he says, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Paul John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. For anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and his desires will pass away. Ah, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Woo! And so Jesus, like Moses, will be taking us all out of this world. We're going to leave everything we've ever known. We're leaving cities. We're leaving towns. We're leaving makeup. We're leaving purses. We're leaving everything that we like in this world behind. Friends, family members, we're leaving behind because we did not share the gospel. And I know we will stand before God and he said, I'm going to wipe away every tear from their eyes, but I'm not going to be wiping no tears away because everybody that I know will know Jesus Christ. And if they reject him, that's their own business. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? But understand that just like when Moses took the people out of Egypt, there was weeping and wailing behind us when we're gone. This world is going to turn into turmoil. Like the world has never seen earthquakes, hailstones, plagues, insects, big bugs from the pit of hell with a sting in their tail. Are you with me so far? Creatures, walking dead. The Bible said they were that those who long for death, they'll, they'll, they'll look for death, but will not find it for death will flee them. It's going to be a strange world like the world has never seen. And they're going to be crying and weeping and wailing because they cannot escape the Lamb of God. He came like a little lamb, but he's coming back like a lion from the tribe of Judah with the sword of his mouth. Woo! Lost my mic. Here it is. But Jesus tells us, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And I'm just asking you, man to man, man to woman, are you doing the will of God? What is the will of God? God's not willing that any should perish, but everyone come to repentance. My Bible says to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. To love your neighbor as yourself. I'm talking about the will of God. And so we saw the Israelites leave in our store today. But here's a mystery. They're going to a place they have never seen before. A place they call the promised land. And you have to understand, they have to leave everything they own, all the people they know behind. And it's going to take faith to walk that journey. The Bible said that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. In other words, we too, we're going to have to leave everything we've ever known and we're not just going to trust ourselves but we got to trust the one who's leading us you see the Israelites they trusted Moses 
Because Moses had performed, uh, I think there was 12 miracles, signs and wonders, water turned to blood, etc. They saw it. And so they, they had something to trust and they followed Moses. But you and I, we're called to a higher level of trust. We've never seen heaven, oh, but we know it's there. We've never seen Jesus, oh, but we know he's real. And see, we have to put our faith in the impossible. We're going to leave this earth. We're going to be changed and transformed into his image and into his likeness. And it's going to take faith to take this journey. Jesus tells us in John 14, 1 through 3, he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't told you. But if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you shall be also. Woo! Hallelujah. But I'm talking about how no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Pull it up, Skip. Write it down, people. Because that's what we're fixing to get into in just a minute. Now, for 430 years, these people had only dreamed of freedom. They've only dreamed about a life without chains, a life without pain and distress, and they were looking forward to a new life, a new place, and you and I are looking for a new place because our world today is full of pain and suffering, persecution like never before, drive-bys like never before. People are living on addiction. They're looking for answers. They're looking for something, and we have it. I have it, the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me so far? You see, they, they, they've never seen this promised land, but they trusted that this man of God, Moses, will lead them to this place. And I'm trusting Jesus that, that, that even though I've never seen heaven, I can picture heaven. My Bible tells me that, that, that there's gates made of a single pearl. Now, this is a big pearl, and have a big pearl, there's going to have to be a big oyster. And so maybe in heaven there's some big oysters. I don't know, but if you're going to make a gate out of one pearl, that, that's a big gate. But, but the Bible says that, that you and I are going to be walking on streets of gold. This man showed up to heaven with a suitcase. And Peter said, what, do you do? What, is that? what do you got in your hand? Open it up. And he opened it up and it's full of gold. And Peter said, what are you doing bringing asphalt in, into heaven? Come on, amen. That's what we make our streets out of. You can't hang on to the things of this world. We're looking for that tree of life that's planted on both sides of the river of life that's flowing from the throne of God that you and I can eat for the healing of our nation. Man, if you and I could take that leaf from heaven right now, that fruit from heaven, and, and share it with our world, and we have it. Jesus said, here's the fruit. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. This, my friend, is the fruit of life. The tree of life is looking right there at that cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for those who are being saved, it's the power of God. Woo, hallelujah. But no eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now here's where I want to go this morning. Can I finish this, Kobe? But here's where I want to go. I personally believe this is my opinion. Take it or leave it. That's your business. But I personally believe that when Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. I believe that when Paul wrote these words, he was not speaking of the things that will come, but the things that will be right now here on this earth. And the reason I believe that is because of what Jesus said in his prayer, teaching us how to pray. 
We know this from the King James Version, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to wait for the things that will be in heaven. We can have heaven on earth. You can see heaven on earth when, when, when your legs are not meeting up to the 110. And you can believe God for the supernatural. I don't care what the doctor said. I'm saying to you right now, you have power inside you. Power to move mountains. Mountain says you got 80%. I'm saying you can have what you believe. I'm speaking to my brother in the back. Got a lie from the doctor. Don't let the doctors lie to you because they will take your life and make it short. But I have life and I have it more abundantly through Jesus Christ. But I believe we can have heaven here on this earth if we can just believe. The Bible says in Luke 17, 20 and 21, the Pharisees, they asked Jesus, once being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God will come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, for the kingdom of God is within you. I can go into any store and I see heads turn and look toward me. They don't know what it is. But they can see something is different about that guy. And what it is, is that anointing that's on your life. We don't even have to say a word. Alejandro said, you need to come over so the Cowboys will win. Come on, amen. <laughs> Woo. Because, you see, we can recognize the power of God. Now, I can't change his will. But I can believe for miracles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Super Bowl. But unfortunately, the Bible tells us that there's many people who will not pay attention to the Word of God. Even if the preacher stands up and preach it. Ezekiel 12, 1 and 2, the Word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, you are living among rebellious people. They have eyes to see and do not see. They have ears to hear and do not hear. For they are a rebellious people. And the reason I bring that up is because in order to see the things that God has prepared for those who love him, we have to cut the junk out of our lives. Because you see, you can't walk in the blessings of God while you're holding on to the world. But you want to see the things that God has prepared for you, you, my friends, are going to have to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passion, and to live self-controlled, upright lives in this present age as we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I preach this this morning? I'm fishing to get fired up. No, I'm kidding. I want you to hear this testimony. About Moses. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about Jesus. We know that Jesus, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. If you got your Bibles, look in Hebrews 11, 24 through 27. This is the testimony here. You got to understand, Moses has never seen the promised land but he's trusting, and he knew that his life had to let go of some things in his life. He had to let it all go. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty four through 27, it says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith, when Moses had grown up. Paul says, when I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. By faith, when Moses had grown up, 
He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of a greater value because he was looking ahead to his reward. And by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Moses did not have to see God. He saw a burning bush, and the angel of the Lord spoke through that bush, but he never saw God. The Bible says no man sees God. He will die. He's trusting in the unseen. We follow the pattern of Christ. We're trusting in the unseen. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I am crucified. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for him. I want you to consider this, and I'm going to bring it to where the rubber meets the road. Here's your revelation. Are you ready for this? I want you to think for just a moment. From heaven, right now, there are sermons that you have never heard. Sermons you've never seen. Sermons I've never preached. And they're being prepared for those who love him. And that's me. Right now, coming from heaven, there's a, there's a new song that's being written. One that has never been sung. sung. There's, there's a new song that's not even on Spotify right now. There's a new song that's just waiting for that musician. And he's praying. He's seeking God. And, and, and no ear has heard. No mind has conceived what those lyrics have prepared for those who love him. Right now, there's a man of God. There's a woman of God looking for a husband or a wife, and that person is already prepared for those who love him. Your eye has not seen that man. Your eyes have not heard that man. Your eyes have not even visualized that man. But God has that person prepared. And you say, Lord, when are you going to send me that husband? When are you going to send me that wife? God says, I got her on the planet right now waiting for you. But you got to get in my will. You got to walk my way, talk my talk, and live my life. And when you decide that you want to put all the crap behind you and walk my direction, I can promise you, you'll run right into them. People right now across Royce City looking for a church home. If they just walk through those doors, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind can see what God has prepared right here in this church for those people. Some of you looking for a ministry, you don't have to go no farther than right here. Your ministry is here. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. But by the power of the living God, he has drawn you by your spirit and his spirit. And now you can have communion with the Holy Ghost. Right now. Your blessings coming your eye ain't seen it your mind ain't even conceived what God has prepared for you. you you think you've had a good job you don't know what a job is until you get the God the God job in other words the job that God has prepared from the beginning of all time for you to work and you can work your will your entire life and end up with nothing but you can work the will of God and you will find the right man. You'll find the right job. You'll find the right church. You'll find the blessings of God because God will not forsake his people. You don't have to go to the hospital for healing. Healing is right here in the power of the living God. But we have to be patient sometimes. First Corinthians tells us Love is patient. That's the hardest word in the Bible. To wait 
with patience. Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew the strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God that passeth all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Psalms 37 and 4, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love this. I don't know the address. But Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first God. His kingdom. Your healing could be seeking God first. Your husband could be in seeking God first. Whatever you're looking for, turn it over to the king. Sometimes, I know this may seem silly, just write down what you desire from God. Just write it down. Fold it up and put it away. The Bible says, write down the revelation and make it plain so the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits a point of time, it speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will surely come. Write it down and believe God for it. I don't care what you're dreaming of, it's not too big for God to deliver. I don't serve a little tiny God. I don't serve a God of wood, hay, and stubble. I serve the true and the living God. The one said, if you'll believe it, you can move mountains in my name. That's who I serve. And that's the same God that is speaking right now through these lips. I'm a lot like David. I'll make a fool out of myself, but I'll say this. I'm a fool for God. Who are you a fool for? I love Jesus with all that I am. My entire life is built around him. And your life and your life and your life should be built around him. Don't build your life around the world. It will let you down. It is fleeting. But I'm storing up treasures. You're storing up treasures in heaven. Thief cannot steal. Rust cannot decay. Moth cannot eat. Store up where it counts. Because when we leave here, and it could be tonight, will he find you sleeping? Will he find you undressed? Will he find you naked, clinging to the world? But will he'll find you dressed, clinging to the cross? Let's all stand. I've done my job today. Now it's time for you to do your job. My Bible says these words. You have not because you asked not. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and it produced its crop. Elijah was a man just like you, just like me, and we can pray in agreement with God's word, and I can promise you we can see what we prayed for by faith. Right now, in the name of Jesus, there's many obstacles pain and suffering that are gathering at the door of Paula's daughter. Right now, as a body of believers, we stand by faith in the living God. Lord, send forth your word now. Heal and deliver and set her free. Lord, I call every infection to leave that body in the power of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would change her mind, her heart, her life to satisfy you, oh God. And only you can change her, Lord.
We praise you, God, for what you're going to do, and we praise you right now for what's taking place even now in this church. Right now, as that man or that woman, that boy, or driving by, Lord, put a hunger in their heart right now to come to this church next week in Jesus' name. Lord, I claim these chairs to be filled with people by the power of the living God. You young people, you listen to me. You are the ones that can reach the young people. They won't listen to an old man like me, but you can talk to them and they'll be here. You got to use your influence. You got to use that influence for the glory of God. Call your friends. Invite them. What do they have? They have Jesus. That's what they got. They got the word of God. What else? That's all you need, son. Are you listening to me? If you need prayer today, I'm here. If you need to be born again, I'm here. You need to be saved. And don't you leave this place saying, I'll do it next week. There may not be a next week because the Christ may come tonight. I'm right here. I'm waiting. Father, in the name of Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, I pray your blessings over every soul in this room. Lord, you know it that we're not perfect people by far. But Lord, I pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside the heart of every soul here who are not walking according to your will. And Lord, sometimes it takes a little step at a time. But Lord, give us the courage to walk that little step. Because next thing you know, we'll be taking steps. We're going to be jogging. Next thing, we're going to be sprinting to leave that sin behind. I praise you now, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Amen.